the practice never ends. And we should keep that in mind that going out into the world is really the beginning of our practice. Because there we meet the real conditions of life. This is just an exercise. There we discover if we have dharma wings, dhamma wings, and what will happen when we try to use them. And it's not like a test. It is a test. It's a spiritual test. But there's no failing. There's just beginning again every time. So we try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't mean it's not workable. It just means it's hard to do. So we must never abandon our efforts to keep trying to practice this teaching in our daily lives. One of the things that um, is very much encouraged in this tradition is to take up precepts. So I'd like to talk a little bit about what it means to take up precepts. We have five precepts for the household life, and those five precepts govern our actions and our speech. But they also uh, very much connect to what's happening in our thoughts, and especially the fifth precept about not using intoxicants. That directs us and guides us to keep the mind clear, to protect clarity in the mind by not following addiction. It need not just be intoxicating drinks or drugs, but anything that we might do which we find is an addictive behavior, we should try to be aware of that and uh, let it go if we can, to let go that addiction so that we're not controlled by any external objects, experiences, or desires. Desires, of course, being internal. But nothing of the world should have that much control over us that we cannot free ourselves from it. And that might be an addictive relationship. So we have to contemplate, what are we doing in our lives? Just as we contemplate, what am I doing in the breath, moment by moment? We have to ask ourselves every day, when you wake up, get up in the morning, what am I doing in my life? What am I doing today? Am I able to follow these principles that will bring health to the mind? And the mind is the root of the health of our speech and our actions. So the precepts are about not killing, not taking things which don't belong to us, or not stealing, or not exploiting, not using our sexual energy unskillfully, not taking advantage of other people because we want gratification in sensual ways. That's a very big area to think about. And it, 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 may only, it may also be about how we use our body language. Are we aggressive, intimidating, or are we self-pitying, victimized persons inviting bullying? 
when we were kids, I remember always being afraid of bullies. But it seemed that they always came and bullied me. But that kind of behavior, if one always is afraid, then lo and behold, there's the bully. It seems to just invite it. So to see the way we cower in front of situations and to give ourselves permission to stand up straight and just and be, to face our fear, then this is about, this is actually, it's not written in the precept, I'm just adding my own take on it, because in very subtle ways, we use our body language to our own detriment. And so if we want other people to treat us well, we have to treat ourselves well too. This is very important. And that goes for right speech as well. So non-abusive speech, not swearing, not gossiping, not chatting idly about frivolous things, and most important, using honest speech. And then there may be times when to protect a life, to protect the first precept, which is about not killing or saving life, we might have to lie. And some will disagree with me. But saving life is very, very important. And those who would not honor life and wish to take it, and we lie to them in order to save a life, then they're not people who can keep precepts. It's almost like we have to keep it for them, drawing boundaries to help them not to go to those places where they could commit unwholesome deeds as much as we can. Then the last one is, of course, about addiction. There were a few questions that people asked. Um, There was a question about resistance to meditation, which I talked about on Friday night. If somebody is resistant to meditation, I said, maybe they're not ready. Well, it's basically, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Why? If somebody is resistant, we can respect that, rather than thinking, Otherwise, we're so addicted to our meditation, you know, you want to... It's a very wholesome thing, but you can't indoctrinate people to this. They have to be welcoming it. Otherwise, it, it, I don't think it's a respect of their where they are in their life. Ah. Certainly, I remember Ajahn Sumedho always telling us, don't try to talk your family members and friends into being a Buddhist. Just be the Buddha. And what did he mean by that? He didn't mean go literally go out and be Gautama the Buddha. But just be wise, be compassionate, be tolerant, keep the precepts, be virtuous, be trustworthy, be be a spiritual friend. And then that will attract people. That will make them interested in what, what you're doing in your life. But if you drag them to a retreat, they might run away and never, ever want to participate. 